0: Uh, if you haven't met me, my name is Stuart. I'm the leader of the church here. Very warm welcome to our Sunday Night Live. I'm going to be speaking to you this evening. If you have your strawberries ready, um, we can get started. Now, where we are, April, now we're just over, what, four months into the year. Uh, and it feels like uh, with the, um, the pandemic and COVID, the way it is, the end feels like it's getting closer. Uh, lockdown is easy. Uh, life is moving forwards. Uh, things are starting to return to the way that we used to know. Uh, we took our boys to some football training on Saturday, which was first time in however long. Um, and so there was a sense of normality coming out, hanging out with people. Um, we've got provisional dates from the government for easing of lockdown, which is all good. Um, and what I want to do tonight is what uh, is my habit as the church leader. I do three times a year. I remind us of what we're about as a church where we're going, where God's called us, and then just look at some things uh, that are current for us at the moment. So that's what I'm going to do tonight. I'm going to talk about what we're about as a church, uh, where we're going. And then I've got four things I just want to run through that we can kind of learn from this situation and take into the next season as we roll down towards summer and then on to September on kind of a new term and maybe new beginnings for us um, as a nation uh so we let's do that so first thing what we're about as a church if you've been around us a little while hopefully you'll know this uh, we're all about jesus here we're all about making his name known, making his name great. We uh, believe uh, that real life is about having a relationship with Jesus and then following the model of Jesus and changing our world with Jesus. It's all about him. He's the one we sing and praise about. He's the one we live um, our life for. And he's what we're all about as a church. And it's our most fundamental and important thing. And it cannot be stated often or forcefully enough to remind us as a people, this is whats is, uh, what we're about. We're about Jesus. We believe he is the most important person who's ever lived. Uh, we believe he was who he said he was. He was God, the son. He came to earth, uh, lived as a man, lived a perfect life. Uh, Died on a death on a cross, rose victorious from death, ascended into heaven, and now rules and reigns in majesty. And one day will return to judge all mankind and wrap everything up, and we'll have new heavens and new earth. That's what it's all about. That's our ultimate aim, and our ultimate aim is to get people to know Jesus, to offer them that opportunity. is why we're running these Alpha courses. Two at the moment, hopefully more if we see more people want to come to know Jesus. And so that's what we're about. And if you're on the course. Uh, on this call, sorry, and you're kind of coming along to Alpha, that's fantastic. If you're still thinking about it, do it. It's just a great place to learn a little bit more about Jesus coming amongst his people, opportunity to ask questions. And so that's what we're all about as a people. We're all about making his name known and making his name great. But what are we as a particular local church about? Where are we going as a people? You come in, you're part of Real Life Church. Where are we heading? Well, when we started the church way back when 10 years ago, now, um, we felt God speak to us um, as a team about three things that he wanted us to be as a church. And that was to be large, influential, and reproducing. And that was how we were going to let as many people know about Jesus as possible and so I just want to take a moment to remind us if you've been here a while what those things are and if you're new this might be the first time but I want us to get on the same page as we head into this season hopefully of lockdown ending COVID restrictions ending actually reminding us that what God said to us hasn't changed it hasn't changed the pandemic hasn't caught God out and thought, "Oh, I made a mistake all those Uh, years ago. Now, God's still about his business. He's still got plans and purposes for real life church, plans and purposes for us. And this is where he is taking us. And so the first thing is he's called us to be a large church. And if you delve into your Bible, you'll find that the the story of God, the story of his people, the big story of the Bible, the meta-narrative, they say, is all about God having a people for himself and that people has always been one that is designed to grow large numerically. It began in the beginning in the garden, you read in the book of Genesis chapter one, he made Adam and Eve in his image. And then it says to them, first thing God says to them is be fruitful and multiply, make more, have children and them have children and keep going, multiply and fill the earth. We fast forward a few chapters into Genesis chapter 12 when we find God coming to a man named Abraham and making a covenant with him and he says to Abraham I will make you a great nation which was humorous at the time because Abraham was just one guy he was married they had no kids um, and God says I'm going to use you and I'm going to make you into a great nation and then he, a couple of chapters later chapter 15 he, he takes Abraham outside and he says look at the sky and it is full of stars and he says this is what your offspring will be like they'll be like the stars in the sky they will be that numerous so god has always had that plan for his people to grow and multiply and if you follow the story through you have abraham who has a son named isaac who has a son named jacob who has 12 sons uh, and they then go down into egypt which is the story of joseph and they grow into the nation of israel in captivity god then brings them out of captivity under moses They eventually enter the promised land, they settle and then we have the kingdom and God's people are growing and multiplying and inheriting the land he's promising them. But that's not the end. God speaks to his people through the prophets and saying, actually, I'm gonna make you a light for the gentile nation so that's everyone outside the ethnic descendants of Abraham so it actually it's for the whole world and eventually the whole world will come and worship me as God that's the plan and then we fast forward a little bit more and we get Jesus coming and he is the one who brings in the kingdom of God that has been promised and he preaches the good news and he demonstrates the kingdom by healing the sick and casting out demons and preaching good news to the poor and he then trains 12 leaders and after his death and resurrection he sends them out and he says go out into all the world and proclaim the good news as baptize people teach them and that's what i've commanded you to do and i'm going to be with you always and we fast forward a few more years and we find the Apostle Paul, one of these people who's come to faith in Jesus. And he writes in Galatians chapter three that actually the church, the new believers, uh, these Christians that have come about, they are heirs to the promise that was given to Abraham hundreds and hundreds and hundreds a year before. And they are one of those stars in the sky that Abraham saw. And then if we fast forward kind of to the end of the book, we see. Uh, in Revelation, uh, the Apostle John has an image and he says he sees a throne and there's Jesus sitting on his throne and there's a great multitude before the throne that nobody could number. And this uh, group was from every tribe and nation and people and language and they were all standing there and worshipping Jesus And so God's heart has always had a a people that would grow numerically large and would fill the earth and would be representative of every peoples, every language, every tribe, every ethnicity on the earth. And they would all come and worship him. And we felt as we started Real Life Church and where we're going is that God would grow us numerically large. And as we began the church, we were very small. There was only eight adults and one child at that time, but we felt that was the right thing. And then God has been continued to speak to us as we prepare to start the church. Since then, uh, he's been preaching, uh, speaking into us and saying, God, you're going to grow and you're going to multiply. And what we see now, even on this call is evidence of that, of the children we had on the call this morning. uh, There is an evidence of what God is doing amongst us. He is growing and multiplying us. And even in lockdown where We've had to change everything we do. We can't meet in person. Um, God is still growing and multiplying. There are people on the call, even tonight, who've joined us as a family who've never been to one of our kind of in person meetings because we haven't been doing them. God is still fulfilling us, filling his promise to us. And some people think the church is closed. Because we can't meet in person. No, the church is still open. God is still doing his stuff. And we are growing and multiplying and getting bigger. And that is just fantastic. The second thing God uh, spoke to us about was that we would be influential as a church. God said, I want you to be influential as a church. And if we dive back into our Bibles, we'll see that God has used men and women in kind of um, just normal, worldly spheres uh, of influence to be influential for his kingdom. And if you read through the Bible, you'll find them coming up again and again. We find Joseph, who was raised up to be prime minister of Egypt, and Egypt at the time was the superpower, the big nation. And he ended up being second only to the leader of the nation, Pharaoh. And he had great influence, and he influenced the course of that nation for the purposes of God and ended up saving the world, if you read that story, because there was a great famine that came around. There was another guy called Daniel. And he was taken from captivity in Israel to the nation of Babylon, which was a pagan nation, didn't worship the God of Israel. And through Daniel's influence as an advisor, he was raised up because of God's grace and wisdom on him. That the king of the nation ended up praising the God of Daniel, the God of um, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel, through Daniel's influence and him being there. We find Queen Esther in Persia who was raised up to be queen and she was used by God to be influential to save the Jewish people who were under threat of genocide at that time and God used her and there's Nehemiah also in Persia that God used uh, raised him up and he returned to Jerusalem after it had been destroyed and he was there involved in rebuilding the walls and rebuilding the temple and God used him for great influence and if we kind of move over into our new testament jesus tells his followers in the sermon on the mount in matthew 5 he says you are to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world and the point of those two images is that salt and light cannot be hidden salt is something you put on food that brings out the flavor brings out the taste it's something there to prevent decay you know when it's it's in place in food and light it shines brightly wherever it is i'm my hole behind me is um, full of lights and they, they push the darkness away. They cannot be hidden. And we are to be like that. We are to be men and women who are like soul and light and be influential for God's kingdom. And God spoke to us particularly as we came to plant the church uh, from a passage in uh, Jeremiah chapter 29 verses five to seven and he spoke to us saying that uh, we are to move to the city because the prophet Jeremiah was speaking to the people of God who'd been taken from Jerusalem because it'd been destroyed and taken into exile into a foreign nation in Babylon and he said to him I want you to go there I want you to build houses and live in them I want you to plant gardens and eat their produce take wives and have sons and daughters uh, for your wives uh, sorry sons and daughters and take wives for them And so they would have a multiplication there um, that they would uh, increase and not decrease. And they would seek the good of the city that they're part of while they're in exile. And we came here uh, to a new city, to a new place. And God said, I want you to seek the good of this city. I want you to be influential for good. I want you to buy houses and take jobs and have produce and and have um, kids there. Um, One of our sons was born here in this city and to seek the good of the city That you are part of and we came here in one of the little kind of phrases we use around real life churches we're here to be here for the good of the city we want to be influential to bring about good and flourishing and godliness and righteousness in this city and this goes across all spheres of life and society from education and schools to business and finance to local government to art and music and medicine and health and sport and recreation everything god wants men and women of god to be in those places Being a positive influence for his kingdom, that where they are loving and caring and serving the people around them, where they're praying for them, where they're speaking truth and light and seeking justice and righteousness. And what we do as Christians on a Sunday is important when we come together and we pray and worship and we hear the word of God. But just as important is Monday to Saturday when we're out in the world serving other people. And that's what we are to be. We are to be an influential people. We can be influential as a church, kind of as real life church, we can bring influence, but we're much more influential when we scatter into all our places of work and neighbours and friends and we're there being influential, being full of the spirit, loving and caring and serving for those those people who are around us. So we're to be large, we're to be influential and the third thing is we are to be reproducing. We are are to be a reproducing church. Um, Jesus, when he came, To the earth, one of the key things he did in his ministry was to train others. He trained 12 disciples. And when he rose from the dead, victorious, and before his ascension into heaven, he took these 12 and he said, Go into all the nations of the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them what I've observed you so Jesus multiplied himself into 12 and then sent them out and if you read through the book of Acts you just see a whole uh, kind of a process of just reproducing, reproducing where the original apostles preached, many, many get saved. And then out of that, others are raised up who preach the good news, who serve people like Stephen and Philip. And they continue to keep preaching, and more and more people get saved from different nations. And the gospel goes out from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria. To then the ends of the earth and uh, you find fascinating things we're reading through acts uh, with our boys uh, and loving it and you find when you get to think places like acts chapter 13 you find um, the, the the church planting that's going on when one church reproduces itself and plants another one and plants another one and another one and they they go from cyprus to perga um, to antioch to iconium to lystra and derby and on and on and on the church grows and multiplies. paul's command to timothy He was his kind of son in the faith. Uh, In 2 Timothy chapter two, uh, verse two, was he says, what you've learned from me uh, in the presence of witnesses, entrust to faithful men who can then teach others. So Paul says, what I've learned, I've taught you, Timothy, you teach faithful men and they in turn will teach others. We have four stages there of reproduction of the truth of the message um, of the good news. And Jesus spoke to us about this as um, we came to plant the church here, And we had, hope you're ready for this, we had um, the image of the strawberry plant uh, given to us. And it happened on four separate occasions uh, where four separate people came up to myself uh, and to Melanie and they spoke to us and they said, God's going to take you and we're going to go and plant the church in Sutton Caulfield. And he says, you're going to be like a strawberry plant. And we were kind of like, that's funny. I don't know what to do with that. And then the second person came and said, it and he thought, well, that's two people now. We better start having a little look into this. And the third person and the fourth person came and we went and we investigated. And Mel was teaching the kids about this this morning. It was fantastic about what um, how strawberries work and how plants work. And you have an original plant and it just bears fruit. Um, and there's a crown on the plant, which is an interesting thing. So it has a crown and we know the crown belongs to Jesus, but then the plant sends out runners which then go into the ground and they produce new plants which have new fruit on them and so on and so on and if you've ever seen a patch of wild strawberries you you find it hard push to find out where it started and where it finishes and where one plant is and where other plants are because of all these kind of fingers of runners going out and they've all got fruit on them and they look incredible and that is what God has called us to as a people to grow large Grow influential, but to reproduce ourselves. And we do that on a micro level where we see men and women and children come to know Jesus for themselves, which is just one of the most exciting things. But we also seek to reproduce ourselves on a macro level where we we seek to plant more churches. And that is still on our agenda. And we are praying into that about where God's going to lead us, but real life church will plant other churches in the future and we will send out teams to different parts of this nation to the nations of the world to take the good news of Jesus and to start local communities that love and serve where they are seek the good of where they are proclaim the good news of Jesus and live it out I don't know God might even be speaking to you now about that's me I'm one of those people I'm going to be going Um, I'm going to be leaving this place this family and going and starting another one with a team and seeing a new church if that is you and God's put something on your heart just let us know we'd love to pray that and see how we can help move that forward um, and see more and more people come to know Jesus for themselves so that's what we're about as a church that's what we're going that's what I remind you of uh, three times a year every year since we started just so we don't take our eye off the ball so we always know where we're heading we always know we're going after Jesus and we always know what he's called us to and what we're about and what the direction of the church is but what I just want to finish now I've got four things I just want to Put before you um, of things that we've kind of learned over the last 12 months or so and that hopefully will take us into the next season that God has for us as we kind of roll out uh, through the rest of 2021 and into 2022 and possibly a return to normality at some point in that uh, process. So there's four things I just want us to think about and then I'm going to pray to finish and see if God's got anything to say to us through that. So here's the four things that I want us to look at. The first one is uh four things that we've learned. The first one is the usefulness of technology. The usefulness of technology. We have learned over the last 12 18 months how useful, how powerful uh 21st century technology can be to serve God's family and God's purposes. And we want to learn from that and take that forward with us as a church. When this whole kind of original lockdown started just over 12 months ago, we had to just stop everything and start new stuff. We had to move from physical meetings to online meetings. We had to work out how to start using Zoom and YouTube. Um, And our life groups had to go online and do the same thing. But through that we found an incredible um, uh, raft of technology available to help us. And so it was was basically seamless where we moved from one to the other, where we started putting out content, We, we started running our prayer meetings online and found they were better attended online than they'd ever been in person so we had more people praying. We ran some of our meetings online because it was the only way we could meet. And we found out that we got more people to those meetings because it was just more accessible for, for people. We've had preachers come in and preach to us who don't even live in this nation. Andy Martin's come in from Egypt several times and preached to us. And he's in a different continent. And the technology has enabled that to happen with very little effort And it has been fantastic uh, for us and we have been uh, blessed by that and the church has been blessed by that and built up through that, uh, which has been wonderful. And moving forward, we want to learn the lesson and take it forward. We want to continue uh, to harness technology and to help us and to use it. Um, we wanna, we're want to. we talking already about continuing our doing our Church of Prayer online just because it allows more people to come and pray. It allows us to be more focused and give more time to be actually praying and seeking God, which is fantastic. If you haven't been to one of our Church of Prayer meetings like you should, you are missing out. They're fantastic times and we pray into all sorts of stuff. You also get to see some people you haven't maybe seen for a while. So we want to keep doing that. We want to keep meeting uh, with some of our leaders online just because it makes it easy keeps our meetings short tight everyone can access at home we want to keep doing that we've already talked about continuing doing some of our sunday night lives as well as meeting during the day so we can meet on a sunday morning when we return but actually is it is there space to maybe do a sunday evening every so often Maybe we can get someone come in and do some things different. Uh, so we want to keep using technology. We realize our website's not fit for purpose. We want to upgrade that, keep pushing into the use of social media just to, to um, connect with people and get our, our message out there. So we have learned that through this season, what is available to us how useful it is and we want to keep doing that as we move forward as a church investing time in it investing our money in it and using it to be useful a useful tool for real life church as we move forward and become large influential reproducing uh, for the glory of god the second thing that we've learned through this time is the vital importance of our life groups Now, this is something we've always kind of known because we really in our Bible, we see it as a New Testament pattern. When we began the church, it was just a life group, which has then grown and multiplied to however many we have now up and running. But the global pandemic has shown us with greater clarity just how important they are. They are absolutely vital for the structure and care of our church family. Uh, They are the places where you are cared for, where people get to love on you and look after you and you in turn get to love on them and look after you uh, look, look, look after them. They are places where you are known and you get to share about life and what's going on and this takes time and the life groups are, the, are the, the vehicle we use to build those relationships over weeks and months where people get to know a little about your life, your family situation, your job situation, what you're kind of struggling and what are your highs, what are your lows of life and we need them there. They're places where needs can get shared and then met by others in the group. I've lost times. I've heard stories or experienced myself where people have shared a need and it's been met by others in the group where it's a place where you are prayed for and, and encouraged and, and uh, built up in the Lord, it's a place where we communicate as well, just stuff that's going, stuff you need to know, this is happening, and they come through our life groups, and our life group has been amazing at that, and if you are part of this church family, and you want to make this your home, this is where I am, you need to be part of a life group, if you are not part of one, uh, if you're ch- op- choosing to opt out, you are making a foolish choice, because you are cutting yourself out of our care structure for you the way we want to look after you the way we want to shepherd you the way we want to teach you and train you that's our vehicle for doing so much of what happens outside a Sunday uh, meeting like we have here and so they are vital and moving forward we are going to relentlessly keep pushing life groups and in their importance we're going to invest time and money and just to help the life groups be as uh, as 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 functional as they can to serve uh, you and I just want to take this moment to thank again our life group leaders, our life group leaders and overseers who are on the front line caring for you guys week in, week out, unless you've ever been um, a small group leader in this church or another one and they call them all sorts of different names you don't know what it's like that can be that can be tough doing it week in week out and having the, the load to care and look out for people and making sure people are right and praying for them your life group leaders pray for you they love you they think about you they carry that burden for you and those who are life gorillas, I just want to say again thank you so much for all you do how you care for this church how you love them how you serve them you do it selflessly you do it in your own time you do it on top of the burden Of uh, life and family and jobs and all these the other things, and I just want to say you guys are awesome. Uh, And I'd love us now just to, just as a token of our kind of appreciation, just to applaud them. Um, uh, If you are a life group leader, before we do the plauding, if you're a life group leader, Rosie, maybe you just want to wave frantically now, just so if you don't know, these are some of ours. They're on the. Quickly scroll through, keep waving, scroll through. Oh yeah, they are. But I love all of us now, where you are, just to clap and say thank you god to the, for them because these guys have been serving us so well throughout this whole pandemic they are just been fantastic they are just wonderful people okay if you haven't thanked your life group leader recently maybe over the next couple of weeks don't all do it tonight because they'll suddenly get 50 thanks <laughs> and then maybe nothing spread it out next couple of weeks thank your life just say thank you for loving us thank you for caring us thank you for keeping going even when I don't turn up sometimes and I'm you know I don't answer the messages just go and thank them and say you guys are amazing and I want to say thank you on behalf of the leadership you guys are wonderful okay third thing we can reach much further than we thought we can reach much further in heart now this is something that has been quite a revelation to us of what God can do uh, with you when you're just kind of faithful in the small how God can multiply that we have d- carried on doing similar things that we've been doing for many years as a church and God has taken them and made our reach so much greater as a church you just take our Sunday meetings we've got people dialing in and joining us in our Sunday meetings from all over the United Kingdom from um, other nations of the world. Uh, we've, I think our regular attendance from Brazil are there. Um, and we've just had people coming in and dipping in and out of us. And so what could, it would never have happened if we'd been meeting in person, it would just been the people in our locality. But now we've got people connected and listening to stuff and then passing on uh, information about us to others all over the world. And it's just been amazing. We've had so much positive feedback from some of those people saying how connected they feel to us. And they don't even live in Sutton Coalfield. It's just incredible what God can do when we just carry on doing what we've done and trying to be faithful. He takes that and he multiplies it. Our messy events, which we run twice a year at Christmas and Easter, the last couple we've had to do Uh, kind of online and sort of throw our information out there and put stuff on YouTube and do it digitally and virtually. Well, just for the messy Easter, which happened just a few weeks ago, the team worked really hard. All the videos went out online, but we found people doing it. We had hundreds do it just in Sutton Coalfield. In our little area, but we had places all across the UK, in London and in Sussex and in the Peak District and Cambridgeshire. We had people over in the United States doing it because they got sent stuff. We had other churches saying, Can we just use your material and just shove that out to our people as well? And we said, Sure. We had schools saying, Can we use some of your videos in some of our assemblies in school because they're all using videos online and stuff like that? I said, Yeah, yeah, you can take them and use the all together craft in schools. And so what would have just been stuck? In our hall in the girls' school, we'd normally run it and suddenly we can't do it there. And like, what do we do? God has taken and multiplied it all over the place, all over the world, really. Even resourcing other churches, we've had many, many people now contact us saying, can we use some of your stuff in our churches, particularly when it comes to the kids work stuff? It's such high quality. Some of the things we do with our kids and youth, uh, that other churches are looking and say, hey, can we borrow that? And because so much is online and digital, we just send emails and so, say, yeah, here's the stuff, here's the PDFs videos are online you can use them uh you do that even um mother's day which we had just a few weeks ago we had uh mothers dialing in from all over the country we mailed stuff out we mailed our bags out our bags and and bits to them and they got to interact with us where they were hundreds of miles away and still got to be part of what we're doing um in serving the church but it's going wider and moving forward from us we want to work out how we can make this and maximize what we're doing our reach so we go wider and wider so the basically the good news of Jesus is spread abroad not just to believers but hopefully to unbelievers as well and we want to look at ways to serve others and to bring glory to Jesus and um, we don't know what exactly all that might mean but we know that God can take little things we do here and multiply them to many other places to serve and love and care for people the fourth thing last thing tonight is that i think we've learned through this season is the need uh, to keep going the need to keep going Uh, this season we're in is way longer uh, than we ever thought it would be Um, but through that we've learned we need to be in this for the long haul not just through this kind of pandemic but actually there's a a greaterness to that that we need to be in the long haul when it comes to following jesus and we need to keep going Uh, and i read this um i get the week every week which is just my kind of update on the news around the world and i just try and read it just to keep abreast of stuff that's going on and every so often something comes up that's interesting and so i want to share this with you you and see if you can identify this This it's just a little editorial piece it says this uh, as we grind through the 14 month of the pandemic are you feeling a little flat a little listless do you have brain fog And trouble getting on with things? Does your lockdown puppy no longer delight you? Are you struggling during Zoom meetings? Well, it turns out there's a name for this. Languishing. In a much discussed New York Times article, the organisational psychologist Adam Grant explains that the term was coined to describe people who aren't depressed but also aren't thriving. Languishing is a neglected middle child of mental health. It's the void between depression and flourishing, the absence of well-being. And according to Grant, it might be the dominant emotion of 2021. And I read that, and it just brought me up short. I thought I can identify with that. And I don't know if you can as well. That idea of I'm not there depression but I'm not there in terms of flourishing and everything great there's that things are tough and it's it's a grind keeping going and this this lockdown it just keeps going on and on and on and so maybe I've had moments where I've just been languishing and this brings back to as believers in this season we need to keep going and the good news for us is it's not all about us we don't need to find internal reserves to make going we have someone we can look to our lord and savior who is the source of all hope he is the one that we look to who can provide strength in this time who can provide encouragement in this time who brings us together in his family the church and fills us with his spirit that we might pursue him every day with full vigor and whatever the situation is we are men and women who are to keep going, are following him. We're not to give up the habit of meeting together. The Bible says that we're to keep reading our Bibles. we to keep praying, we keep serving. We're to keep being full of the Holy Spirit, doing all that we can to connect with one another. And we are to keep pursuing after him. And what's happening next week is we're starting a new sermon series, which we've actually entitled Keep Going, where we're gonna be studying the book of 2 Timothy, which was a letter written by the Apostle Paul to his uh, young uh, son in the faith, Timothy. who was a young minister serving and uh, Paul was in prison at this point in Rome. And he wrote a very personal letter and it's believed to be like the last letter Paul wrote before his death. He was executed uh, by the Romans. And it's a message to Timothy to keep going in the ministry that God had called him to. It's a letter of encouragement Uh, And to remind Timothy who he is, uh, what he's been called to, the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that good news, and the need to keep following after us. And it's full of lots of uh, great stuff that we can learn. And I felt months ago when we were looking looking to this time thinking this is our 10th year as a church, this is a kind of time of celebration, we had our birthday party back in January, because that was kind of our official 10th birthday, but we're working out this 10th year, it's like, what what, what, what should I preach through? what should we kind of mark this with, and I came, felt God saved, this is a kind of a good place to go, and we looked at the letter, and we've got a plan uh, to go through it over 10 weeks, and I want to use it as a reminder for us in this 10th year that this is what we're about. We're about the good news of Jesus Christ. We're about pursuing him despite difficulties, despite trials, despite all the stuff we're going through uh, in our current situation. And I feel this letter is relevant to us and will speak into uh, into our situation and help us at at this time and it will remind us of the message of Jesus about his death his resurrection what that means and how we live that life out in this um, season and we're going to put together some Uh, stuff for the group leaders so each week we're preaching there'll be something that comes out to help you in your group life and to grapple with uh, the letter and and dig into it and be able to discuss it and so we're going to help out with that but overall it'll be a reminder for us to keep going it's been a long old season it's been tough the end looks like it's coming but as men and women of God we are to Keep going after him. We are to keep serving, keep loving, keep reading our Bibles, keep praying, keep meeting up, keep being full of the Spirit, and to see God do great and wonderful things uh, through his church. So, there's just four things I felt that we should just take a moment to reflect on, learn from, and we'll work that out as we move forward um, um, and learn through them. Um, but I'd love just to finish now just to pray for us. Uh, we've done some praying. Uh, for other situations outside us but i'd love now to pray for you as men and women of god in this situation now so what i'm going to do is i'm just going to lead us in a time of prayer i might leave some gaps for you to do some business with god so maybe if you want to close your eyes open your hands and maybe you just want to start by asking god's spirit to come and fill you that you might know his presence that you might know him with us. There might be something particularly he just wants to kind of drop into you. There might be something that he's already spoken to you just through this evening. We had a great time of worship. We've been praying, interceding. We've now been listening and trying to kind of learn from him. And I just want to lead us in a time to pray. And if you know God's dropped something in your heart, great thing to do is jot it down, share it with someone and kind of don't let it sort of just dissipate in the moment. So Holy Spirit of God, We pray by your grace, that you would come and fill your people now. Lord God, we want to thank you that you are Lord and Saviour. Lord God, we want to thank you that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, we want to thank you that you have revealed yourself to us. When we were lost, when we were dead, when we were far from you, you came and found us. When we were dead, you brought us to light. When you were in darkness, you brought us into the light. Lord Jesus, we thank you for that. We thank you that we are new creations in you. Thank you that the old has gone and the new has come. We are now holy and righteous, adopted, beloved children of our Father God in heaven. And we thank you for that privilege. We thank you that we've been brought into your family, the church, and we are part of a great family of God, not only local, but national and international, a global family of men and women who've been transformed by your grace. Lord, we thank you for that, Lord. And I pray now, God, that you would come and fill us with your spirit. God, I pray you'd come and fill us now and strengthen us so we feel weary, where we feel like, you know, it's just tough. It's been tough. If you feel like you're languishing, if that word resonated with you, maybe you just want to take that to God now and just say, God, I feel like that. I'm not not depressed, but I'm not really flourishing. This is just, it's just been a grind. God, take, take it to him now and just speak to him and say, God, fill me with your spirit that I might keep going after you. If you know there are things that God's been speaking to you about through this last 12 months or so, things that you've learned, maybe you want to just take a moment talking to God about them and saying, hey, these are some things I've learned. I want to take that into the next season. I want to learn from what's happened. I don't want to just let it go and then kind of just go straight back to normal, whatever normal used to be uh, for you and let them go. So maybe you want to take that back to God and have a word with him about that. If you know that maybe reading your Bible hasn't been a priority for you, we're getting into 2 Timothy. It's a great opportunity there to just start afresh, grab that out, read that. It's a real short letter. It's only four chapters. You can knock the whole thing off in 20 minutes read it again and again and kind of learn from it. So maybe you want to just make a commitment now and say, God, I want to get into your word. I want to get into praying. I want to come along to the prayer meeting. I want to connect with people in my life group. If you know God's told you to thank your life group leader, say, God, I'm going to do that this week. I'm going to make a point of thanking the men and women who've served me at this time. If you know God's talked to you about church planting and what the future holds for us as real life church in that, maybe you want to just say to God, hey, I heard you. you I'll follow you whenever and wherever that is. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you. I want to thank you that you are good and gracious and kind, God. We thank you that even though we've been through uncertainty over the last 12 or so months, you haven't been uncertain at all. You are sovereign and you are God. We thank you that your church has never been closed because you've always been open. You've always been working. Even when we don't see it, even when we can't even get together, you are working because you are Lord of all things and you bring things, all things together for our good and your glory. And Lord God, as your people, we stand and say, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. We thank you. You are mighty. You are glorious. You are awesome. We love being saved. We love being part of your church. We love all that you are doing in this place and beyond in the nations of the world. We think that is wonderful. And God's people said, amen. Amen. Back to you, Ben.